You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anisa, and Parma. Hi, I'm Parma, and this is an episode of What's Up in Drama Land. Here we take you through some industry news, give you our take on them, and then move on to upcoming dramas, which is my favorite segment because it's all about wild speculations and mixing up actor names while we try to figure out if you're willing to give these shows a chance on our watch list. This podcast is produced with the help of our excellent patrons and with the love and support of our listeners. Thank you for helping us grow this community every single month. And now, let's talk about today's sponsor before jumping into the episode. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Cherise Hodges, Open Your Heart. Their family's historic bed and breakfast in Charleston, South Carolina is a legacy the four very different Richardson sisters are determined to protect at all costs. But sudden passion is a seductive and dangerous complication. For fashion boutique owner Yolanda Richardson, coming home is a matter of life and death. Witness to a brutal crime, she's terrified to put her family's B&B in the crosshairs after she starts receiving death threats. Her only refuge is the protection of her reserved hired bodyguard, Charles Morris. But Charles is anything but safe. His icy cool under fire and hidden intensity is too explosive for Yolanda to resist. Love always equals loss. Charles knows that hard equation all too well. Controlling his emotions keeps his clients from harm and his heart safe. Yolanda's beauty and headstrong spirit have him wanting her, but for her own protection, he has to keep her at arm's length. Until unexpected danger and lethal misunderstandings put their survival and any chance at a future together on knife's edge. You can find Open Your Heart by Cherise Hodges wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Hi everyone, this is Anissa. This is Parma, and we have kicked out Saya. <laughs> oh no. I didn't know it was going to be a scandalous episode. <laughs> That's what we are all about. We are all about the drama and the kicking out of co-hosts. Okay, th- this joke went on long enough. <laughs> Welcome to What's Up in Drama Land. <laughs> so... This month, the month of August, um, we don't have a lot of upcoming dramas, um, but we have a couple of news points that we want to go over. So, Anisha, yeah. do you want to start the first one? Sure. So the first one is kind of, it's not really news. It's kind of like an ongoing thing that's been continuing, but like COVID cases are going up again in Korea. I think they've only been able to vaccinate about uh, not a large portion of their population so far. Like they're doing their best, um, but there's just, you know, it's hard. It's hard everywhere right now. You know, like people are struggling. Um, a lot of countries are facing bigger numbers than they've ever faced at all, like since the beginning of the pandemic. And then other people are pretending like the pandemic is over. We yeah. won't mention any names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so KN has been hit hard in the last few weeks with a lot of, um, actors and singers and TV personalities testing positive for COVID. Um, And then like some shows have been kind of delayed because of that. So, I mean, we just we're hoping that, you know, everybody stays safe and gets better. And regardless of whether it's affecting our K-drama life or not, like we just want everyone to be healthy. Yeah, Um, we can wait one week for a hospital playlist um, episode. I mean, it's, you know, 
it hurts, but it's it's good for everyone and we should be <laughs> okay with that. Yeah, it's not a big deal in the scheme of things. We have plenty of stuff to watch. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a big deal. <laughs> but no, no, I'm like, in all seriousness, I'm glad that they decided to delay for a week. I would much rather they do that. And we have like healthy uh, crew and healthy cast. Yes. Is what I should be saying. <laughs> <laughs> so the next story is, it's just... It, it's like one of those stories that makes you angry. But then the more I read it, the more it just makes me... I mean, it's hilarious and it's just rage-making. So, now I, I just want to start by saying that they have already apologized. <laughs> and we are talking about NBC, which is like one of uh, South Korea's major public uh, broadcasters. So what they did was uh, before the Tokyo Olympics, um, they had like during the opening ceremony when they were introducing uh, different countries that were participating, NBC decided to use images of Chernobyl, the nuclear disaster, to describe Ukraine. They also decided uh, that they can just use images of a riot to describe Haiti. And... They did. They they used like a promotional Bitcoin poster for El Salvador. They used uh, a, a a like a Dracula movie for Romania, Romania, and pizza for Italy and salmon for Norway. So it's basically just every stereotype they could imagine for these. I think you know, part of me is like, were they trying to create memes instead of like also, <laughs> introductory images? <laughs> yeah. Also, Syria as a country with that's had a civil war for ten years, oh. and the Marshall Islands as once a nuclear test site for the United States. Like, I, I feel like I, I when I saw this, I was like, is this real? Like, am I reading a cartoon? Did they really do this? Oh, my God. Uh, you're right. It's laughable. It's so bad that it's just laughable in some ways. And and it's so it's yeah. I mean, this almost seems like political satire that someone took seriously and, and used at, at, the, at the opening ceremony. But it's not. Someone genuinely thought that this was a good way to introduce participating countries. Um, and Anissa pointed it out right before we started recording that just the lowest amount of effort, which is using the nation's flag, would have been fine. It would Perfectly have been fine. fine. <laughs> Everyone would have been fine with it. Like that's, you know, if you like, if you need an image to represent a country, what do you know? <laughs> there actually is one. Huh? <laughs> Who could have guessed? Yeah. Also, like, I just wanted to um, point out as well that it wasn't only foreigners who were criticizing this a lot of uh, Koreans were also criticizing this and some people on Korean social media um, made parody images like Korean athletes entering the stadium with the image of the 2014 Sewol ferry disaster just to kind of oh. show like how, how would you feel it is. Yeah, if yep. this was you you know yep. so yeah I mean they did apologize but it's one of those apologies where they're saying like we will thoroughly investigate the process of image selection, subtitling, and inspection, <laughs> like as if they didn't know and they didn't have any part in this, and somehow oh. it just sort of happened. Oh, I oops. can imagine some like intern or like some reporter getting fired over this stupid. Somebody thing. is definitely getting fired over this, and it yeah, probably and had nothing to do with it. Exactly. Nobody who actually reviewed the damn thing and thought it was haha such a great idea is is gonna get affected by this. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Um, I just, I just like before we move on from this, I just wanted to point out that this is like we often talk about uh, depictions in K dramas and stuff, and the progress they're making, and all of the, you know, and of course, you know, it is the citizens of South Korea who um, made enough of a ruckus about this that they had to um, apologize. I just want to say that the this kind of depiction usually comes from like a very insular way of. Um, like, uh, historically, media in South Korea have depicted other countries in such black and white and broad stroke terms that um, they've just gotten away with it. And that has been the norm for so long that media companies don't seem to have um, realized that it's time to put a little more effort into depictions. But... Uh, Hopefully. Right, and if you don't have a large enough population of anyone except ethnic Koreans in your like domestic audience, who is going to bring that up, right? Like, which national media uh, infrastructure is going to pay attention to people in other countries? Like, they've just now started to because there's such a huge emphasis on exporting their media to other places that now they have to care because it's going to mm. hit them in their pocket, right? Like, otherwise, yeah, you there's know, no like, other incentive. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, and, you know, like Korea is becoming rapidly multicultural, but it's still very, very homogenous. So this this kind of stuff is unfortunately to be expected. But I find hope in the fact that a lot of Koreans were like, yo, don't do this. This is terrible. Yeah. Um, very quickly, you know, like on Saturday, that, that was pretty quick. So I don't think that 10 years ago, this kind of broadcast would have this kind of reaction. Agreed. This is hopeful. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next story is like not really a story. I just found this really lovely um, interview with Kwanunbin, who plays um, Young Ran, who is she's not a second. I guess she's like a secondary lead in uh, At a Distance. The Spring is Green. So you know, like there's the three main characters, and then she's the girl who's like best friends with Nam Soo Hyun, who is like the really strict and kind of uptight poor student. I still haven't quite finished the drama. I'm really rooting for her to get together with him. And I don't know if that's going to happen. But like, regardless, she's such a girl crush. Um, I've seen her before, but this is the first role that she's really made an impact on me. And I am excited for like what she's going to do next. So we'll link that interview um, in the in the description. But it's just like about how much she enjoyed the, you know, and like, how like she didn't because she debuted early, she didn't get to go to college. And so it was like being on a university campus that she got so close to her co-host because they were like all around this. I mean, her I'm <laughs> podcasting on the brain. She got so close to her um, like other cast co-stars. members, co-stars. <laughs> that's the word. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Co-stars is the right one. That's what I was starting to think of. Um, she got so close to them that like and they were around her age. So she actually felt like they were, you know, students going to school together and she feels like she had that experience um that she didn't get to have and this is something that I really appreciate about the drama about how like the drama made her feel less alone because it's really about how everybody thinks that your life is happy in that time of your life but there's actually a lot of struggle and a lot of change and a lot of insecurity and anxiety um and she said like I didn't know that other people were feeling this too and so it was really comforting for me so I liked that a lot so the next story is about K-pop or actually the influence of K-pop, um, hopefully on K-pop agencies, artists and other fans. 
So there is a campaign that's starting called No K-pop on a Dead Planet. And it's being started by um, K-pop fans, global K-pop fans who are uniting to help combat climate change. And the way they want this done is by getting bigger agencies like SM, JYP, YG, um, HYBE. Is it HYBE? Or is, is it, it HYBE? I think it's HYBE. HYBE. I don't know. You <laughs> it, can it tell formally, we're not really Yeah, we are, we are not. We are <laughs> it used to be uh, Big Hit Entertainment. Um, and they want these agencies to support their artists and um, create campaigns that push for um, taking action against climate change. And also, more specifically, like being more sustainable in the kind of activities that they actually do with their artists and that like the, the actual materials, you know, like trying to... Because they use so much plastic and especially mm. these like super expensive promotional like, events not only that but like the the there's like these um cds and like cases uh, and you know yeah. like um like just merch i guess you could call it like paraphernalia related to the artist that you can buy it's so much plastic it's so much packaging it's so much so they're saying like they need to be more sustainable in that as well not only the tours and the performances and and their activities um, and that like because they have so much influence, they can the agencies are the ones that have the most power in this situation. So they need to take the lead. Yeah. And the group are calling themselves K-pop for Planet. And they already have a pretty decent uh, global reach. Like one of their supporters is also Faye Milton, who's a member of uh, a British rock band called Savages. She co-founded the 2019 Music Declares Emergency, another uh, global movement to fight climate change and the korea times article that we are reading from uh, right now we'll link that below it quotes fans from different countries who are involved in this and they are basically making the argument that k-pop fandom is probably the most involved and uh, influential fandom in the planet right now so this is the best way they can use that awesome power. <laughs> yeah, and they're also kind of t like saying, put your money where your mouth is because Blackpink is um, kind of an ambassador or an appointee for this COP26, which is like a UN, UN um, it's the full name is UN Climate Change Conference of Parties in Glasgow on October 31st. So like, since they're already doing that, basically they're like, well, don't just be spokespeople you know, agencies should really, you know, put their money where their mouth is, basically, and, and actually do something. So Which I mean, think it's so smart. I feel like like there's a limit to how much power a social media movement of fans can have. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it and that it's not worthwhile. So, I, yeah, I'm all for it. Like if if they can harness and like K-pop fans have a lot of energy. So if they can harness this energy and, you know, sustain it for the long term because I know you know they had a lot of energy around Black Lives Matter but I don't really know if that went anywhere and especially because I've heard uh, you know Black K-pop fans talk about how like that didn't really do anything about the anti-blackness that's in the fandom it was just like a performative for a lot of people it's just a performative way to like make themselves look good and to make K-pop fans get into the news <laughs> so that's not good you know um, but if you know, we are in a climate crisis. Everyone needs to do whatever they can, even if it seems, you know, like not that substantial. We all have some power. So I, I, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> 
And I, I think one of the most powerful things right now in terms of influence is um, very visual campaigns that reaches um, different corners of the world. And K-pop fandom already has access to that. The fandom yeah. has really wide reach. So if absolutely it, it has no direct effect on anything, the um, awareness they can spread spread across the world is probably more than like i don't know schools and government campaigns can ever do i would just like it's it just it when you have um really motivated kids and adults okay let me rephrase that when you have really motivated um fans wanting to work towards uh something like really um, want their fandom to embrace a certain idea or help towards a certain goal, they can create a lot of momentum and momentum mm. matters a lot even if you don't immediately reach your goal. And at yeah. the end of the day, shifts will only happen when certain influential figures start um, putting pressure and that will only happen if there is enough awareness created. Agreed. And the other thing is that they have the right idea in the sense that like, we talk a lot about individuals, um, you know, being better and not consuming as much. And we talk a lot about governments changing their laws to be more responsible about how they, you know, cons- you know, consume resources and pollute and things like that. And those are both important. But the biggest polluters are corporations. And so obviously these corporations are not the biggest culprits um, for what's going on in the world right now. But... Pushing corporations is definitely a step in the right direction. And if we can, you know, if this push against these corporations has an impact, then it might inspire other people to push other corporations. Or maybe these people will be like, hey, we did it with the K-pop agencies. Now let's take on, you know, uh, what's an example? How the plastic lobbyists. Yeah. (laughs) They they seem to be like the most immovable. Maybe like Uh. big oil, big plastic, big, you know, uh, like all these other industries that are just willfully dumping stuff into the water and the air and they don't give. we are doing absolutely nothing about it. And eventually, if we do do something about it, it's going to be because, I mean, uh, there is going to be a critical mass um, of like opinion that we are going to reach and then it's going to tip in the favor of the right thing. But that critical mass can only be reached when, um, you know, there is sustained effort to um, educate people. Yeah. I also just really love their posters. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, the posters <laughs> are so, so pretty. No, I, I mean, that, that's, the that's the kind of stuff that catches your attention and stays in your memory, right? Like I, I, I already closed the tab, but I can see the posters in front of my eyes because they're very eye catching. Yes. So yes. And K-pop yeah. fans are great at marketing. They're great at getting the word out They're So, I mean, this, I think it's a, a great thing. And I, I hope that, you know, they can actually make an impact. So dramas in August. Yes. So before we um, get into what's premiering that we haven't talked about yet, um, we just wanted to let y'all know that Police University, which we talked about in the previous What's Up at Drama Land has been pushed to August 9th. And Flying Butterflies, which I feel like we talked about a while back. Um, it's that beauty salon drama that's written by Park Yun-sun. Mm. Uh, that one has been pushed to August 23rd. 
So those we aren't going to really go into since we've already mentioned them before. Um, Warma, you want to take the first one? So the first drama we have is starting to air on August 4th. It's called The Road Tragedy of One. It's a 16-episode drama, and it'll be airing on Wednesday and Thursday. It's TVN, and it'll be 70 minutes each episode. Fun times. <laughs> okay, it, this one does have a content rating, which is not, uh, you know, which is kind of rare for uh, midweek dramas, I find. It's like 15 plus, so teens, older teens no, or that's, adults. There are, that's the normal one. Really? Yeah, what they're always 15 plus. Are they? Yes. I have never noticed content rating on K-dramas. That was like a whole discussion. I, what? Yes, we they always that. have them. We just never mention it. It's on that little like screen that comes up. You know, oh. it's like da, 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 oh, that TV that fifteen is content yeah. rating. Yeah. <laughs> Live and learn. The unusual one is if it's nineteen plus. That's unusual. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's sorry. It, most K dramas are fifteen plus, and then variety shows tend to be twelve and up. Yeah. Okay. Wow. As if the 14-year-olds are not watching dramas, huh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, The Road Tragedy of One. This drama stars Ji Jin Hee and Yoon Seah. So, Ji Jin Hee, as Anissa just reminded me, is the husband from Misty. <laughs> he was also in, uh, he was also in Move to Heaven, which I, I yes. don't remember him. <laughs> And in Designated Survivor 60 Days. Yes. Um, and it also stars Yoon Seham. And I have seen Yoon Seham in something Yoon recently. Yoon Seham! Oh my god! I love Yoon Seham so much! How dare you not Stranger 2! Stranger 2! That's when I have seen her! Stranger. And also, um, she's the best mom in Sky Castle. She's the twins' mom. Yeah. I'm with sorry, wait, something. It's, it's, it's the My Drama List pictures, okay? They make known actors completely unknowable. I don't know these people. It's like it's like those police show, mug shots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, sh- should I mention any of the other actors? Um, oh, it also has Kim Hyun. Uh, not wow. that Kim Hyun. She's the one from... Uh, one class, you know, the, the secretary, the, never mind. Okay. Jan's a familiar looking, like I've know all these actors. They're just not like super. Yeah. It really annoys me though. If I, if I don't, if I can't instantly recall where I've seen them, uh, she was also in Graceful Friends. Okay. Um, now onto the story. <laughs> so this is a story of secrets, desires, guilds, and salvation of residents who live at Royal the Hill. There should be a comma after all. <laughs> a place where a only strange the name. <laughs> top one percenters live. There are so many top one percenters stories. Okay, this is uh, an also, established genre is... now, right? Yeah. It's Why is the the in the middle? It should be the Royal Hill or just no, Royal pre- Hill. I'm pretty sure Royal, I mean, the Hill it was probably supposed to be like, uh, not subtitle. What's, what's it called? Subtext or not subtext? Um, no, you're right. It's subtitle. It's like a... Yeah, tagline. <laughs> there should be a colon, is what we're saying. <laughs> there should be a colon. Royal, yeah, <laughs> the hill. It's like the king, the eternal monarch. You know, <laughs> kind of. Okay, uh, so this is where only the top one percenters live. Um, Big Su Hyun is a popular and respected anchorman, so that would be our hero Ji Jin Hee. 
He is known as a journalist with strong beliefs. When he states something on camera, viewers take his words as the truth. Yet, Baek Soo-hyun has another side. He's cold-hearted. When he wants something, he gets it no matter what. He will use any and all means to get what he wants. He's married to So Yun soo and they have children. I feel like I'm just reading. This is Yun se like I'm reading someone's family dream right now. <laughs> so, so Yun soo is the daughter of the chairman of the Jaekong Group and married to anchorman Baek Soo-hyun. Her father is powerful enough that he wields heavy influence in the political and economic worlds. So Yun soo is herself a popular miniature artist. She places priority on her family and tries to never lose her dignity. But she encounters tragedy. So Yun soo attempts to protect her family. Cha So Young is an announcer. Okay, so Cha So Young is another character that would be our Kim Hae Yun. Um, so Cha So Young is an announcer for a broadcast station. A broadcast, yeah, for a broadcast station. She has everything, including a prestigious job, exemplary educational background, and a beautiful appearance. But she is rarely satisfied with what she has. So Cha So Young, Cha So Young's. A uh, little bit has absolutely nothing to do with the previous bit, so I'm not sure how, like, what her character has to do in the story. But mainly, I think what the story is about is like there is this power couple, super rich, super influential, and the wife either has like a car accident or something happens, and she probably hurts someone and now needs to hide it so her family doesn't get affected. That's that's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, it's adapted from a Japanese novel uh-huh. called One Tragedy. So I'm guessing, like, there's going to be some tragedy that, like, hits these people and it entangles the three of them together in some yeah. way. Um, yeah. And then they're all going to have to kind of deal with deal, it. Deal with deal with it. Yeah, but it says the road tragedy of one. So I'm assuming somebody, like, one person gets killed on a road. <laughs> so. There's probably a truck of doom or a car of doom or... Uh, a yeah. car of doom being driven by a very influential man's wife <laughs> is how I'm imagining this is going to go. <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot to say about this. This is the, um, I mean, if this does go the way I imagine it, Bill, um, they probably have issues in their marriage that are not, not addressed because they have to keep things very um, neat because, you know, she's someone who never loses her dignity. And he's a very ambitious guy, so he can't have anything marring his uh, career. Yeah. Yeah. To be very honest, like, I am not uh, excited to see this. I really did enjoy Sky Castle, but I'm not into all of these um, very rich people living in a small gated community with their own, like, dramas and secrets going on in between them type of shows i really yeah. am not interested in any of those like i mean occasionally you have a story like sky castle or very recently mine which was mm-hmm. really really fun to and it, mine is uh, i have a lot to say about mine which i will in our next long yak um but it's that was a really good one but there is only there is a definitely a saturation point you can only watch so many of these dramas about like the super rich having their dark dramas that the outside world can never know about. I just, yeah, it gets a bit old. <laughs> yeah, and like, because Sky Castle had an element of satire and you're kind of laughing at a lot of these people and their ridiculousness. Mm. But some of these dramas um, straightforwardly ask you to care about uh, these people's, you know, problems and I just can't. 
bring yeah. myself to care. I'm like, there are other people with like way worse problems than you just being a trash person and oh, put a little totally. rich you in your beautiful home and you're, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I can't. <laughs> in 2021, I can't. Yeah. And, and um, what ends up happening in some of these stories is that um, abuse of power, because you are someone in society who has a lot of power and you are trying to get away with something, let's say, or maybe you're trying to get back at someone, whatever. Point is that they end up abusing their power to get what they want. But because they are put in the position of the hero and you're rooting for that character, you the audience ends up supporting a character who abuses their power in society. Yeah. And I am just not super happy when dramas do that. And I tend to avoid those kind of stories. I'm not saying that this is the, that kind of story, but Anissa and I are basically talking about what this type of... Um, this genre. This genre of. usually... Yeah. Um, yeah. For instance, the, one of the reasons I really love mine, I just want to put this in here, because it has a, a really great Downton Abbey vibe. Like it ah, does the below the stairs thing and the above the stairs thing and the visual, the cinematography, like the depiction of the the family home where they, the, everybody lives in separate houses. There are the grounds are so vast. People have to take those golf carts to get to each other's houses. Oh, wow. I haven't the, actually seen it, but I have seen some screen uh, shots and trailers. The that, staff like, has to walk gorgeous. though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, of my course. God. Of course. It's, Why would they get motorized vehicles? <laughs> If you the, had, the servants, the peasants. Oh my god! I swear, Nisa, you would really, really enjoy this drama. Just, I, I was so, so delighted. <laughs> the next drama. So the next drama is airing on August twenty third. It's called Lovers of Red Sky, or also just Red Sky, um, and it stars Kim Yoo Jung and An Hyo Sup, and also. Kong Myung and Kwak Shi Young. Those are like the four main roles. Um, and it's about the original Korean title is Hong Jung Ki. And that's actually also the name of the um, the source material, the novel mm. Hong mm. Jung Ki. It's about this Joseon era female painter played by Kim Yoo Jung named Hong Jung Ki mm. um, with a genius painting talent who's picked as the first female painter of the Dohaso, which is the Korean Royal Academy of Painting. And she also is, uh, according to the summary, has a beautiful appearance and a bright personality. Why do they always have to have bright personalities? <laughs> because it's Kim, Kim Yoo Jung, right? So her, her character has to have a bright personality. <laughs> I suppose. I want to see her playing a misanthrope for once. Oh, anyway, that would be so nice. For her, painting is everything. But one day she meets Haram, who's played by An Hyosup. And he's an officer at Soongwan, which is an office in charge of astronomy, geography, art of divination, and meteorology. When he was young, an accident caused him to become blind. She falls in love with him and doesn't care that he is blind, and she keeps appearing in front of Haram, and he finds himself waiting for her. So I guess it's like a, a saga romance. Interesting. Oh, It is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I read this, and I was like, oh, cute cast, interesting premise, sounds like it's going to be gorgeous, like visually... Um, and then I found out that it's the screenwriter Kim Young Young of Be Melodramatic. Oh! <laughs> and director Jung Tae of Hyena, Tree with Deep Roots, and You from Another Star. Oh, now I'm excited. So I'm watching this. Now <laughs> I'm very I'm excited. Like, yes. the, the, the cast itself is, is, of course, as you said, beautiful and, like, has a lot of potential, but... 
we have seen these, especially these two actors, Kim Yoo-jung and An Hyo-sop, in the hands of not the best directors. Yeah. And also they have struggled, like after their initial roles, they have struggled to find roles that really fit um, them and like really bring out uh, their acting chops. So this is this is really good hands to be in. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's so I didn't mention I forgot to mention. Sorry. It's 16 episodes and uh, 60 minutes per episode, which I'm always excited for an episode that's only an hour. So good <laughs> job on that one. Um, I am a little concerned about whether Anhyosup can carry a blind character in a saga. Mm. Um, that's two difficult jobs in one. And I haven't been like, I find him adorable, but I haven't been that impressed with his acting ability. But maybe this is the breakout role where he's going to like blow us all away. I'm always open to that possibility. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. And also, I'm just kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it may be silly. I'm just happy to see Kim Jong go back to like a Sago character. <laughs> she's so good in Sago. Yeah. She's so good in Sago. Yeah. We'll, we'll hold out our hope for the misanthropic heroine for her next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see a poster for this, though. So I'm a little worried that it might get pushed beyond August. Like, it might not release um, yeah, by end of August. That's so. true. And as usual, like, during COVID, these are very approximate premiere dates because so many of them have been pushed forward or moved around or just, like, disappeared completely in the last year and a half. So, you know, like... Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. But when it does air, it'll be available on Viki and View. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to that. Yes. Okay. So our final drama of the day, uh, the month <laughs> that we know of, is, um, is Hometown Cha Cha Cha, which is going to be airing on August 28th. Again, 16 episodes. And it's a Saturday Sunday drama. Ooh, and this will be available on Netflix. It's a TVN drama. And it's uh, it's 70 minutes. So, sorry, Anissa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, now, I'm really excited about this because this stars Shinmina. Okay? And, 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 Kim Sono! <laughs> I know. I'm really, I'm really... Let, yeah. Tell the summary and then we'll talk. Because, I yeah, I have things to say too. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> the summary is... Yunhe Jin is a woman who has both beauty and brains. Her life plan falls apart because of the tiny bit of righteousness in her heart and after various obstacles, she moves to the seashore village Gongjin and meets Mr. Hong. Hong Dushik. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hong Dushik is known as Mr. Hong around town. He is unemployed officially, but he is a master of odd jobs who appears to help everyone in Gongjin with any situation they run into. Okay, so I just want to say, first of all, like, this reminds me of Dodo So So Lala So. A bit, yeah. A, a little, bit. but a bit. Um, this is a writer of Crowned Clown and Argon. So I have faith that that's not going to be what's going to happen here. Yeah. And I also, don't... this cast, this cast. I love this I cast. Oh, yeah. I, I love this cast so much. And also, Kim Sun Ho finally back in a lead role. And also, like, finally back in a lead role with Shin Mina. I mean, uh, I'm way more excited about Shin Mina just because I haven't seen her in such a long time. And, but also, like, congrats to Kim Sun Ho. I mean, we knew he was going to get a lead role after Startup, but it's, it's still nice to see. So, yeah. 
And I'm also glad that he seemed to have waited a little bit. Like, he, mm. I'm pretty sure he was like inundated with offers immediately after startup because his popularity was a bit insane. Um, but he seems to have waited um, and for good reason. I really love this. I, I don't know what the vibe is going to be. I don't know what the story is going to end up being. But to get cast with Shin Mina, man, the boy did some good. <laughs> and also like, um, this director did The King Eternal Monarch, The Smile Has Left Your Eyes, Tomorrow With You, and High School King of oh, Savvy. And gorgeous. I didn't I didn't love all of those, but they were all beautiful. Like every scene of painting, you know, like Yeah. Or as Saya says, every scene a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that too. <laughs> uh yeah. I haven't seen Shinmina um, in anything in a while, too. Like, she did that drama Chief Something. I think that ran for a couple of seasons. I tried watching the first episode. I was not hooked. <laughs> so I dropped it. Um, wait, let me see. What was it? She was tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I also didn't watch that because I just, I don't know, like, really politics-heavy stuff. Like, I enjoy things that have politics, but they're also, like, comedic. Um, but straightforward political dramas I I can find them a bit a little bit heavy sometimes yeah but I have watched all of her dramas before that so skipping chief um, of staff basically meant that I haven't seen her in anything in like a good four years so I am like super pumped about this no I agree I miss her and she also took a long break because of you know Kimubin being sick right so like I haven't seen her um, since Tomorrow With You, which was 2017. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. actually I, I just rewatched a few months back. So, I'm, I mean, I have technically seen her in something <laughs> recently. But uh, yeah, I just I just because Shinbina has this ability um, of just like pulling a story to herself and just just. Uh, making it like revolve around her without like taking up other people's space it's just like when she's in a scene she's she is in the scene and I just yeah it just goes beyond how beautiful she is it she is a terrific actor she has so much charisma too. She, she is just just the best and I've always found that she's a really smart actor the role mm-hmm. she's had um, unlike some other actresses that we have discussed before, um, she has not let herself be pigeonholed into like doing just the same kind of character over and over again, which would have been so easy because of how beautiful she is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree with everything that you just said. So very, very much looking forward to seeing her again. I keep forgetting that I want to actually go and watch uh, like Oh My Venus. Oh, you haven't watched that, Anissa. After you told me about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch it. And then, like, my brain just can't hold on to anything (laughs) these days. I need to, like, make a physical list of things that I want to watch because I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah. I know know what you mean. But you will eventually watch it and you're going to love it so much. There are, again, warning, just, like, much like, you know, perfume. There are not, not to the extent of perfume. There are certain things in the first episode that you would find uncomfortable, but they're all from her perspective and things that are properly addressed later in the show. So like have patience, watch Mm. it. And it's just so good. 
Okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Thank you for the additional plug. <laughs> I think we're done for August uh, dramas. Um, That's it for August. I have, um, I have, I think, just one drama that I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> Um, in this month, I mean, two dramas. I mean, if uh, they do release Lover of the Red Sky, which, like I said, I'm not sure if they will. But if they do, then I have two dramas to look forward to. Otherwise, they're just one. And yeah, nobody needs yeah. to know that. <laughs> I didn't need to add that. Why did I do that? I mean, I think it was pretty clear which ones <laughs> we're looking forward to. So you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find... Saya on Twitter at not no Saya. You can find me on Twitter at Anisa Khalifa underscore. You can find me Parma on Twitter at Festa Faster. And for our Dramas Over Flowers account, please keep an eye out for Twitter Spaces because Anisa and I have been doing a few of them uh, in the last week, and we do intend to plan and do some more these are basically they're kind of like clubhouse it's just it's audio only and the listeners can come up and become speakers we can basically have a conversation which is a concept we love and the reason we like doing it on twitter is because so many of our listeners have decided to follow us on twitter so we can keep in touch there and we figure it's a better place and like less um how should I put it? Less exclusive than Clubhouse? Yeah. More inclusive? inclusive? Yeah. 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 More inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, have, we have plans. So we just want to put it out there. Keep an eye on our account if you are on Twitter with us. And yeah, we'll make announcements before we do anything. So yeah. Yeah. That. And it's, you know, it's like a more spontaneous kind of live interactive thing. Like no pressure. It's, you know, won't require like weeks Any of planning. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's a nice way for us to just, you know, um, see y'all together. And exactly. Exactly. If you're interested in, in seeing us and hanging out with us, <laughs> we'd love to have you. Um, and if you don't want to talk, you can you can you don't have to talk. It's, yeah. uh, it's up to no your own comfort level. <laughs> exactly. OK. And you can find us on Instagram at dramas over flowers underscore. And also on Facebook, just look us, just look up Dramas Over Flowers. And you can find our blog at dramasoverflowers.net, where we are writing all kinds of things occasionally and sometimes more often. And you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. Thank you for your beautiful and lovely emails. And that reminds me, we now have an official uh, newsletter that we're sending out once a month. It's basically a compilation of all the episodes that we've released throughout the month and some additional notes if we want to uh, communicate directly with our listeners. So there is a link to our uh, mailing list below. And if you would like to sign up, please do. And with that, <laughs> Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. That's it, guys. And that's it.